You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Thank you guys for making a point to be here this morning. I'm always excited to to be able to share the word and to preach on Sundays, and um, but I'm always grateful for having an awesome pastor who who does this each and every week and just absolutely kills it. I don't know if you guys uh, say thanks to Pastor Dustin each week. I imagine uh, y'all share some of that uh, gratefulness for for his word and what he pours into it. Um, but he just does an amazing job. It's always a great opportunity to come up here and 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 share as well. He's out of town and fitting with um, with the whole idea of what we've been talking about, right? The truth about marriage, the series that he introduced last week. Fitting with that, they're out of town celebrating their anniversary. I think they're celebrating a little early. I think it comes a little bit later. We also had another, uh, Elena and Thig, they just celebrated their anniversary yesterday. We have other anniversaries that happen soon. Uh, so just really kind of fitting well with the whole theme of what we're talking about. Obviously, Valentine's Day was on Monday, but we introduced this series last week, The Truth About Marriage, and Pastor Dustin, he, he talked about a handful of things. He talked about um, pursuing your number two, so how we can, how we can better our relationship and, and better our life with our spouse. Um, and he talked about pursuing your number two. And what is your number two? That's your spouse. Your number one is, is Jesus, right? You, Jesus is at the pinnacle, should be number one on our priority list every day of the week. I know it's hard to keep it that way sometimes, but Jesus is our number one. Our spouse is our number two. And we should continue to pursue our number two. So Pastor Dustin talked about that. He talked about keeping those priorities straight, not letting those priorities leapfrog, and said that sometimes even good things, when they're out of priority, right, when they're out of uh, the proper place in our lives, they can become things that destroy our marriage or, or tear apart or in a lot of ways just negatively affect our marriage and our relationships. So we talked about pursuing our number two. We talked about keeping our, uh, protecting our priorities and keeping our priorities in line. And uh, I'm just so grateful. Another thing he talked about was in, in line with pursuing our number two is doing something special, kind of out of the norm for your spouse. Um, and I don't know if that backfired for any other, anyone else in the room this morning or anyone else that was here last week, but like I had made plans for, to do something special for Sally. And it wasn't going to happen until after service. And then, like, I felt like it was just because Dustin said so. Like, I was like, the meaning's all gone now. Like, I don't buy flowers for Sally. And that's what it was. I was going to buy her flowers. Um, I don't buy flowers that often. It's like a, shoot, maybe uh, two times every three years type of thing. And that may make me a terrible husband. But every time I buy them, they die. Like, that. I mean, so it's not a great investment. So, um <laughs> But uh, I was going to buy her some flowers, and uh, after service last week, I was like, you know what? I feel like the weight of this is going to be diminished because Pastor Dustin was talking about doing something out of the norm for your spouse. And I felt like she was going to be like, oh, at least he was listening to Dustin. So, but she understood. I still bought her the flowers, um, and I mean, they're dying on our counter right now. So, um, so he talked about, I don't know if that help happened with anyone else, but uh, he talked about pursuing our number two, keeping our priorities straight, and how we can strengthen our marriage um, and our relationship with our spouse. 
And this morning, we're going to continue the series, and we're going to talk about communication in marriage. So another thing about last Sunday, after last Sunday, we went to uh, Abaneros after, after church, after service, the family and I did, and uh, I didn't want the smoke. I immediately turned on tunes for the kids. Like, we got there. I think Sally took Genevieve to the restroom, and I plopped tunes down for the kids. I know that may make me a bad parent, but I just wanted a peaceful time together. But it gave Sally and I a little bit more of a time to talk. Normally, we, we don't give tunes out, and we have to referee the kids. I mean, if you are parents in this room and you've taken your kids out for for lunch or for dinner, you understand that to a certain extent. So we have to referee our kids typically, but it did give us a time to talk, and we were talking about how blessed we've been, how uh, how encouraged we've been about how things have been going at Impact, and how God has just blessed the church, and how we've seen God move, and how last Sunday we saw so many families, so many husbands and wives, uh, so many marriages represented at the at the stage last week, where they're praying together, making fresh commitments to their marriage, and God was just moving. And I don't know if y'all were encouraged by that last week, but I was super encouraged. Sally and I were talking about that, and I'm like, I'm so encouraged by the series. This is going to be awesome. Um, I can't wait next week to preach on communication in the marriage. And she looks at me, and I don't know, men, your wife has a look, right? Where, like, she just, like, looks at you, and you know, like, you done messed up in some sort of way, amen? So she looks at me, and hers, she kind of, like, gets the, you know, the rock Dwayne Johnson eyebrow. Like, one eyebrow raises about seven inches on her forehead. Um, and she purses her lip like the whole, like, duck face selfie. If you want a good example of this, just look on her Facebook page right now. I told her she's not allowed to change her Facebook profile because... I mean, it's pretty much her disappointment face with a little bit of sass taken away. But, like, she looks at me and she says, I didn't even know you were preaching next week. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But she's like, I didn't even know you were preaching next week. So I'm preaching on communication this week, and my wife didn't even know I was preaching. Now, there was a breakdown there somewhere, and depending on who you ask depends on the answer of where the breakdown was. I'm confident I told her, and she may be confident that I I did not tell her. But, okay, she, she admits it. I told her. Um, but there was a breakdown in the communication. And I think communication is just key for marriages. I think it, uh, so many things boil down to the communication. And what I want to say is when someone's preaching up here, when I'm up here, when Dustin's up here, anytime the word is open, it's, it's for everyone. We're not preaching at anybody. We're not preaching to anybody. We're preaching to ourselves at the same time. And I know we're dealing with a topic right now, a series right now, called The Truth About Marriage. And maybe you're in this room and you're single or you're, uh, you're not married or you're maybe in a relationship. Um, there's always something to take out of it when the Word of God is opened. Amen? When the Word of God is open, there's always something applicable to our lives, no matter what the topic is, no matter what state of our lives, what season of our lives we're in. So I just want to encourage y'all with that. Uh, we're going to be in Proverbs uh, verse, or chapter 13. We're going to read verse 17. It says, An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. I'm going to read again. An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. We're talking about communication in our marriages. God, let's, or let's, let's pray, y'all. God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word and that you 
You lay it out there for us. You, you have communicated to us. And God, I just pray that as, as we dig into what you have for us this morning, into how we can better communicate with one another as husband and spouse, or husband and wife, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts and draw us closer to first and foremost to you, and then to one another. God, I thank you for all that you do for us. I pray that you would just bless this time, use it for your glory, redeem it for your purpose and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So communication in marriage. Communication in general, let me just, I want to share one of my favorite movies growing up, okay? One of my favorite movies growing up was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Who knows the the subtitle to that? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. No, Turtles in a Half Shell. The Secret of the Ooze, okay? Bonus points if you knew that. The Secret of the Ooze. And in this, in this movie, spoiler alert, Raphael gets captured, and the other three go to Shredder's base, his warehouse where he's keeping his, the Foot Clan and his new creations or whatever. And they're going to rescue Raphael. And they get there, and they look at each other, and they're like, it's a little quiet. It's a little too quiet. And then... Everything breaks loose. They get captured. Big fight breaks out. All right, we're not talking about reality, but they get out of it pretty unscathed. So, I mean, mutant ninja turtles aren't reality. Reality is that sometimes, if it's a little bit too quiet in our marriage, getting out of it unscathed is harder than it seems. That's why communication is so important. Communication in our marriages is so important. I think a breakdown in communication can lead to all sorts of troubles. Financial troubles, parenting conflicts, where maybe you handle a certain issue one way, but your spouse would handle it a different way. But if you're not communicating and you're not approaching that with one front, it can cause friction and disunity in and of y'all rather than just the whole family. Unmet expectations. I think unmet expectations are disastrous for marriages. You, you go into it, you expect one thing, and it just doesn't pan out that way. And you didn't communicate it properly on the front end, or you didn't continue that line of communication. Therefore, those unmet expectations just build up and snowball and snowball, and it becomes disastrous. Breakdown in communication in your marriage can lead to unmet expectations loss of intrigue or pursuit. We need to be reliable messengers, as Proverbs says. So I'm going to break it down to, to four conversations that I feel like we have to have in our relationships. The first one is a personal conversation. A personal conversation. Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Do you know your spouse's hopes and their dreams? And I'm not talking about their hopes and dreams when you were pursuing them while you were dating. I'm saying right now, because we all change. We still develop. Not, it's not like as soon as you say I do, you're the same person then as you are right now. When Sally and I first got married, I was in a season of my life where I didn't follow the Braves that much. I know, for some of you that know me, that's hard to believe. 
But, like, I grew up on the Braves, like, every single night. I played baseball, but my mom passed away when I was in high school, and she was, like, my Braves buddy. Like, she's who I watch Braves with all the time. And I, I quit playing baseball. I stopped really caring about the Braves. And I wasn't a huge follower of the Braves at that point. My fandom had, had died down. So when Sally and I got married, like, I maybe caught a game every once in a while. Now, if you know me, I don't, like, miss a pitch in the season. And that may sound extremely boring to some of y'all, but it means a lot to me. So our, our, our lives and our ebbs and flows of life change, right? Another thing is, like, so we moved to Jacksonville in 2011 to, to pursue ministry. And I didn't really care about football, NFL football. And while we were down there, I got conned in. And yes, I say I got conned into being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. It is terrible. You say, Andrew, can't you stop? No, it's, I've tried. Like, it's terrible. The Jaguars are such a hard team to follow. We're hoping things are good with Trevor Lawrence. But Urban Meyer put a big damper, and I even used one of his lines in the sermon um, last year. But he put a big damper on that first season. But it's so hard. But I didn't care about football when we started, or NFL football all that much when we started uh, dating and when we got married. That's an ebb and flow. That's a, that's a, a, a hope and a dream or a, something that I'm just interested in and it's an interest that I have that I didn't have at that point. I'm just saying that we grow. Sally, when we, were, uh, when we were first started dating and before we started dating, she was like your NSYNC fangirl definition. Like, Justin! Ah! Like, all over the place. She loved her some NSYNC. I don't know if they exist anymore. Like, I know the people exist. I don't know if they have done the cash grab thing and come back for another tour or something. Maybe. I, I imagine Melba would have gotten tickets if that had happened. But um, she was huge on NSYNC. She doesn't really care for pop music anymore. And I will say the pop music has changed, and I don't care for much modern music either, but I think that just happens when you get older. Um, I remember thinking people that were 35 were, were dumb and old when I was 17 and listening to the music that I listened to. So, but like, she doesn't really care about that. Like, things that she cares about now, she like, she wants to travel more. She wants to ride in a hot air balloon. She wants to experience that. She wants to ride in a helicopter. She wants to do things more as a family. Her, her interests are the family and the kids. And I, like, I'm interested in the kids too, but she's a little more interested in like the kids from that perspective. And so we have to continually, this goes back to what Pastor Dustin was talking about. We have to continually pursue our number two. We have to have these personal conversations where we continually know how we can meet the hopes and the dreams of our spouses. Again, Proverbs 13, 12, a hope deferred, or hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Do we know the hopes and dreams of our spouses? So we have to have personal conversations with our spouses. We have to keep that line of communication solid. We have to have preparation conversations with our spouses and in our marriage. And I don't know about y'all, but this is like, this is where I lack. I think a lot of senses I'm pretty solid at admin type things, but like this, I'm not very good at this. Things come up. Sally and I both work full-time jobs. Many of y'all are the same way in your relationships. 
You both work full-time jobs. You have meetings that you have to be at. You have reasons that is, are going to keep you after work. You have special events. You have trainings. Uh, we also have three kids and a dog. So we have sports. We have dance. We have a church we're committed to. So we have small groups. We have set up. Um, we have a dog that we put through puppy training class. Like life gets busy. Amen. I think all of us can relate to that. That life gets way out of hand sometimes as far as the schedule goes. But we have to have preparational conversations where we sit down and say, hey, this is what's happening. Because this goes back to unmet expectations. Maybe we're expecting that today's going to be free or this weekend's going to be free and maybe we can go and do this as a couple or as a family. But nope, we got this going on and we have, we've committed to it. We have to be there, but we just haven't told our spouse yet. So boom, plans are out of the water and there's a rift there. There's a divide there. We have to have these sort of conversations. What's the old adage? You fan, fan, plan to fail, you fail, or hold on, rewind. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. There we go. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And like I said, we're not very good at this. Like Sally and I, like, we've had seasons of our lives where we've had, like, marriage business meetings, right? Where, like, at the end of the week, we sit down with our, with our, we bought planners. She's great with her planner. I haven't opened last year's planner since I bought it. Like, so we like sat down, we got these planners. We're like, this is going to be it. Like, we're going to do it right. We sat down one night, wrote down everything that we had in the foreseeable future. No, it didn't work. We still had things pop up. We still had things uh, happen. That first month was great. And we got a, we got a calendar to go on the refrigerator. Boy, we were cooking. Like, it was going well at first, but, like, it, it, it fell. We didn't keep it up. We didn't commit to it. And it's something we got to get better at. Again, I'm preaching to myself here, right? So we've got to have preparational conversations so things don't just pop up out of the blue. The less shocks there are in a marriage, in a relationship, the better off we are. We have to have personal conversations where we continue to chase our number two. We have to have preparational conversations where we plan our lives. We understand what's going on with each other's lives and make sure we can prioritize the right things in our relationships together. And we have to have difficult conversations. And obviously, this is the hardest one sometimes. We have to have difficult conversations. What's going on that's gone wrong? That, that we just that we've got to address, but we don't want to address. And in our difficult conversations, we've got to do four things. We've got to speak, first and foremost, back to our root verse. Uh, an all-reliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. We have to be reliable messengers. We have to be willing to speak. Now, there's a couple different people in this world. Some people, like, thrive off of drama, right? And they don't care. Like, they will just speak whatever, and they'll speak it without, like, filter or anything. Like, they are unreliable messengers in the sense that they respond with emotion and not practicality and not grace. But then there are people, and I fall more into this category. I've gotten better as I've aged, but um, as I've matured, I'll say matured, not aged. Um, but I've gotten a little bit better as I've grown up. But some of us like to just bottle things up right? And just, we, we won't have these conversations. We don't want to deal with these conversations. And we get to the point where it just 
builds and builds and builds and the pressure builds up and you just explode and that's not healthy for anyone either. You have to be willing to have the difficult conversations. Honey, this went wrong. We got to talk about it. We got to figure out how to work through this. Honey, I lost my job. Honey, uh, I found this in our kid's room. Honey, our kid didn't make the, the soccer team. We got to figure out how to, how to deal with that as, as parents. Whatever the case is, we've got to have these difficult conversations. We've got to be willing to talk through them and work them out because if the difficult conversations build up and build up and build up, they will essentially tear the marriage down. We have to be willing to have difficult conversations. You have to speak, and you have to speak honestly. Proverbs 13.5, the godly hate lies. The wicked cause shame and disgrace. The godly hate lies. We have to be honest with one another. When we have these difficult conversations, we have to be honest and truthful. But we also have to be graceful. Um, and I skipped, a, I skipped a point there, but we have to be gracious. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So we have to speak, we have to speak honestly, but we have to be gracious at the same time. We can't go into these conversations and as hard as it may be with some situations, like I can totally get it. Like some situations, depending on the weight of them, like you can go into it with like, I am not being grace, gracious at all in this situation. They're like, it is hard stop, like boom, we're moving on. Whatever the case is, I, I can understand the frustration in that but we have to be able to, to be gracious and be willing to work through these things. Jesus had every right to say hard stop to us, right? But he was gracious. He came and he paid for our sin. So we do that in our relationship. We have to have difficult conversations where we speak. We speak honestly. We be gracious. I think it's important to talk about this too. We have to listen in these conversations. I think this kind of goes amongst all conversations but especially with these difficult conversations, we have to listen. Proverbs 13, 3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. I think sometimes, I think men get pegged with this more often than women, but I've seen it, I've seen it in women in relationships as well. But some of us are just like fixers, right? When we hear, when we have a discussion with our spouse, we we hear the issue because that's typically the first thing that's brought up. Hey, this is going on. And then immediately we start fixing it in our brain and we stop listening to our spouse and we start trying to figure out how we in and of ourselves personally would fix that issue. And instead of listening to their spouse and continuing to figure out how that issue is affecting your spouse and how you can work through it together we forget to listen and we miss everything, miss everything and we end up hurting the situation almost as bad as it was from the start. You have to have the difficult conversations. You have to speak up. You have to speak honestly. You have to be gracious and you have to listen. You have to listen to one another. We have to bolster our communication in our marriage with, with personal conversations, preparational conversations, and difficult conversations. And lastly, we have to have uplifting conversations with our spouses. We have to have uplifting conversations. First Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage 
one another and build one another up. When's the last time you looked at your spouse and say, said, honey, thank you for being you. Thank you for who you are as a husband. Thank you for who you are as a wife. Thank you for how you parent our kids. And I'm talking about this past week because Pastor Dustin challenged you to this past week. But like before that, like, so this is kind of just building off of what Pastor Dustin talked about last week. When's the last time we did that? Thank you for being you. Thank you so much for the hard work that you put into this family, for the hard work that you put into, for Sally, for your, your students at your school. That makes a difference. Thank you for all that you do. You mean so much. Those things. When's the last time you had conversations that build and uplift that person? Man, we have to have personal conversations where we continue to pursue our number two and we continue to learn what their hopes, what their dreams are and how we can play a part in making those things happen. We have to have preparational conversations because when surprises pop up, they're not always a good thing. Some surprises can be awesome. A lot of surprises can be issues and cause division. We have to have preparational conversations. We have to have difficult conversations. When issues arise, we have to have those conversations. Sit down, talk, talk honestly, speak graciously, and listen to one another. And we have to uplift our spouse. We have to have conversations where we say thank you and we express our gratitude and we just love on them with our words. So this morning, I don't know how the communication looks like in your marriage. I don't know what's going on in your home between the closed car doors and the closed doors of your house. But this morning, if you're in this room and, and, and you're married and you are in that relationship, or even about to be married. I don't know where everyone's at, but if you are in that relationship, I want you to make a commitment this morning to commit to communicate better. And just like last week as we play this last song, the band's going to lead us in one more song. It's called New Wine. I mean, what a, what a testimony to sing. Jesus, bring new wine out of us, fresh wine out of us, fresh blessings and goodness out of our relationship together. And Lord, we're going to commit to properly communicate with one another to bolster that happening. This morning, just like last week, is I want to encourage you to come up and pray together as couples. Come up and commit to communicate with one another. And maybe you're here and your spouse isn't here. That's fine. Come up. Pray at these, at these steps. Pray in your seat wherever. I just want to encourage you to commit to a fresh communication. But maybe you're here this morning. And as I said earlier, like, Jesus paid it all for us, right? John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus, like, is pure perfection as far as communication goes. He is the Word. He's the truth. And he came down for us. And through the greatest line of communication ever, he hung on a cross 
for us with the greatest and loudest I love you in all of history. What an uplifting conversation that Jesus had with us, with his creation. And maybe this morning you've never experienced the, the weight of that conversation and you want to look to Jesus as Lord of your life. We'd love to walk through that with you. But this morning, however you're called to respond, however God's pulling those heartstrings this morning, I want to challenge you. Come pray. Come pray at the steps. Pray in your seats. Pray together. Commit to communicate with one another. And again, like I said before too, if you're single in this place, these, these things, these words, communication is something, like I know I tuned this for, for couples and I want us to really lean into that. Um, but you can take a lot of these, these principles and apply them to just normal life, if you're, your work life, your friendships, and communicating with one another. But, but setting apart this morning for, for couples, I want to challenge you to pray this morning to a fresh sense of communication in your marriage. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.